Well, I have the honor today to have my good friend, longtime friend, you know, uh, David and I were talking about this, you know, the other day that uh, our wives are not getting any older, but we are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. Uh, getting yeah, we're we're uh, getting some miles on this, you know. And but we've been friends for a long time, and and uh, uh, David, so thankful that you're here today. The ladies are off doing a ladies retreat, so I mean, you have some time to you know, kick back, laugh, and tell stories and. <laughs> And tell stories we've told each other a dozen times, you know, and all that. But, but I wanted I wanted uh, David, you know, Pastor David, Bishop David Franklin. Uh, he didn't like for me to call him that, but uh, that is a that is a title that I gave him, you know. So, uh, but anyway, but in this teaching, we're talking about uh, today and tomorrow. We're talking about today and the next one, uh, next teaching, uh, changing limiting beliefs, and and so. We're talking about, in, in this teaching and the next, keys to changing limiting beliefs. And, you know, David, last night at, uh, at Journey, our school, uh, one of the things I, I talked to the students about is that anytime you have a reoccurring um, issue, good or bad, when it's reoccurring, something that just keeps happening over and over and over and over and over again, uh, you know, it's a heart issue. Yes. You know, and, and the Bible is very, very clear uh, uh, about that. And and here here's something that, that I learned a long time ago. It's one of those principles you love and hate. You know, it's like, you know, you read these things in the Bible. It's like, I mm. like that, but I don't like it right now. Uh, now, think about this. Pastor David, that when a, when a person has... And we've talked about this through the years, you know, and conferences and things we've done together. And But people that have ongoing chaos and confusion, like it's never over. Everybody's going to have it some. Yes. Okay. But when people have ongoing chaos and confusion, there's something they're not wanting to deal with. I think let that settle in a minute. And, 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 and really, in particular... In marriage, when yes. a couple has continuous, ongoing chaos and confusion in their marriage, there's something they're not wanting to deal with. Amen. Yes. Because David, it's like this, uh, and you know, I've talked about this a lot through the years that uh, concerning marriage. You know, you, you and Althea have a very healthy marriage, and Janice and I have a healthy marriage, and it didn't come easy. You know, it takes it takes a lot of work to have a healthy marriage. But one of the things that, that uh, people do, they'll create chaos and confusion so they don't have to deal with stuff. Mm. Like, I will be ticked at my wife or whoever, my child or parents or co-worker. And, and, but let's think about it from a, from a marital standpoint, that when, when you have continuing, ongoing chaos and confusion in your marriage, there's something you're not wanting to deal with. So, because it's like this, as long as we're mad at each other, we don't have to talk about it. That's true. That's true. And that, that is a tough pill to swallow. But I, And I want to challenge you, and it's particularly in this first part, that I want to challenge you that if, if you find yourself with a lot of chaos and confusion, and, I, and this keeps coming up in my heart about marriage, 
And if you keep having this chaos and confusion over and over and over again, get honest. And, and, and let, let God do, do something in your heart. You know, uh, and so last night in our, in our school, Journey School of Ministry, I was talking about this in, in uh, one of our classes. And, and, and uh, David, one of the things that I'm talking about is, is our beliefs, not God, determines our life. That's right. Our beliefs. Our beliefs. Our, our beliefs determine a lot of how we see God mm-hmm. uh, and how we view ourselves and how we view others. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and as, as I was thinking about some things that, that you were saying is that we have to want this change. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, we have to really, Jesus said you have to lose your life to gain oh, your yeah. life. You know, so we have, to, we have to depart from those things, you know. And, and I had mentioned Romans 12 earlier, but you know, as you read from Romans 12 to, to 12, 1 through 6, uh-huh. it talks about metamorphosis, that change. Mm-hmm. But that is just not an outside change that that metamorphosis is talking about. That changes from the inside, the heart mm-hmm. that you talked about, mm-hmm. where the change must occur from the inside out. Right. But we must be willing to give our lives. Right. We know our lives are messed up. And everybody, and as the word talks about, it, it's a process. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a process of walking out daily and having a heart to want to have that marriage relationship, mm-hmm. uh, like the church is supposed to have, like the church has with Jesus, and like the marriage should reflect that relationship that we have with Jesus uh, in the man and the woman. And so we must have that desire to change because chaos is not good for a relationship. Right, right. You know, bitterness is not good for a relationship. And until we deal with that chaos in our lives, there's always going to be that chaos. Mm-hmm. And so we have to determine if mm-hmm. we want to have the that be in that that intimate relationship with Christ, in that intimate place with Him, then some things have to change. Yeah. And, and you know, and sometimes you know, David, and none of us like to do this. Sometimes it, it, it means, and and what what you're referring to there and saying is, you, you probably have to admit you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And none of us, none of us like that, especially uh, especially in our marital relationships. Yes, you know. yes, yes. But honey, it's not you. It's me. I, and I remember one thing you said to to me years ago, Alan. You know, uh, if you want to be right in, in your marriage, somebody's going to lose. Yeah. You know, and you're supposed to be a team. Mm-hmm. And so, are you willing to to be right at the expense of losing that intimate mm-hmm. relationship? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, and and what um, Pastor David is saying there is again one of those statements that I love and hate yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but because you know what he what he's really really saying there is con- concerning the the marital relationship and and ridding ourselves of the chaos and confusion and 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 all all that nonsense you know we have to make a decision and that and the decision is do I want to be right or do I want to have peace you know do I want to be right or do I want to prove a point? Because you may not be able to have both. That's and you got to decide which one you want the most. And, and so, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, too, that um, when, when I was you know, sharing in, in the school, um, you know, my intent mm-hmm. is not what determines where I go. And, and I use this illustration often, you know. So we're, we're here in, in Madison, Alabama, and, and which is you know North Alabama, if, you, if you're not aware. Okay, so about a 10-minute drive from here is I-65, which runs north and south through the state of Alabama. 
and it goes way on up north and, and down to the to the Gulf. Okay, so if I say I intend to go to the Gulf, mm-hmm. but I get over to I-65 and I go north, it don't make any difference how much I intended to go. <laughs> I'm not going. You're not going. I'm not, not going. going. Right. Because uh, intent, intent, listen to this, intent is not what determines where you go. It's the road you choose. Amen. It's the path that you choose. You know, in Proverbs 4.23, thinking about uh, keys to changing limiting beliefs, it says, Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart, mm. for out of it are the issues. Mm. And that, that word issues uh, means the, the geographical boundaries. Out of your heart, guard your heart. One translation says, above everything you do, guard your heart. Because out of your heart yes. is the boundaries, you know, the boundaries of life for you. Mm. It's what's in your heart. You know, all boundaries, and I referred to this a minute ago, and, and reoccurring issues, you know, come from limiting beliefs. Certainly you know? And, and they will not change. Listen to this, boys. This is, this is a tough pill to swallow. These limiting beliefs will not change just because you want them to. No. I want them to change. And people in hell want ice water. Yes. Yes, <laughs> they do. <laughs> uh, all right. So, but, but you'll, you'll never have. You know, and and we'll get into these three points here in a minute, but hopefully, if not, we'll just keep, you know go further and further in the next ones. But anyway, uh, we'll never have a life. Now think about this: that's inconsistent. Again, remember, we'll never have a life that's inconsistent to what we believe, regardless of how much we want it. Oh, I want my life to change. Okay, mm. yeah, we should, but that's not going to change it. You know, it's not going to change it, you know, because whatever is consistently working in our heart. We've talked about this around the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. I don't tell how many times, you know, mm-hmm. through the years. But um, it's what we consistently apply to our life that that brings transformation. You know, we're, we're talking about this at class, and you and I are talking about this here at the house, that um, how, how did I say that last night? Um, okay, uh, no matter how much I want something, yes, no matter how much I despise certain aspects of my life, unless I have information and emotion, it's not information alone won't change you, David. No, it doesn't, it never does. I mean, you've pastored for how many years? Oh, my goodness, it's been over 20, probably 25. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And when 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 you and and uh, Sister Althea sit down with people and, and and you're helping them work through issues in their life and 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 all that, just giving them information won't change them. No. You know. No. No. Won't change them. And we'll talk about this in the next teaching coming up. But uh, about this. But we'll see what what you got to have is you got to have information, the Word of God. Yes. And you've got to have an emotional attachment. When you have when you when you marry information and emotion, it brings transformation. Yes, you gotta have you gotta have yes. both. 
So belief is the pathway. You know, we're, we're kind of getting a run and go and, and to jump off of the deep end here in a minute, but, but belief is a pathway to the birth of the promises of God. Yes, it is. Belief. You know, Colossians 2, 6. As ye therefore, I was, I was reading this last night and, and it, it just exploded in, in, my, in my heart. In Colossians 2, 6, it says, As ye have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him. Amen. So how did, Amen. How did we start? By believing. Believing. And we continue, you know, by believing. Okay, so three keys to changing limiting beliefs, and and, and we may just get the first one done in this, this podcast, and we'll uh, pick it up with the next one. But three keys to changing limiting beliefs. Now, remember, anything that's reoccurring, in other words, it keeps showing up at your house, it's because of a faulty belief. You know, it's, it's, listen, listen, it's not the devil. No, it's not. The Bible says he's been stripped of his power. You got more power than the devil. It's like I, I heard, uh, uh, I think it was our son-in-law, uh, Rod, that, you know, and he was preaching one time in, in a big way, and, and he was talking about how that, you know, that he had heard some old preacher somewhere say that, and, and it's true, that we've got more power in our little finger. Yes. And the devil does. Yes, we do. You know, so we, we often hear that phrase, you know, and, and, and Flip Wilson coined it, and we, we talk about that here. The devil made me do it. Mm. Well, no, you're giving him credit for something he doesn't deserve credit for. It's usually an issue of our heart. Absolutely. And, and we have to deal with the issue of our hearts, what's going on in our hearts. And you have to make a determined effort. And it may require some sweat equity. It may require you dig up that old ground, mm-hmm. you know. So that that means you have to dig in and be disciplined and focused if you want to walk in in the in the mercies and the fruit and the favor of God and all that He has in store for you to experience. Yeah. Romans twelve talks about experience the the perfect and the yeah. good will of God. Uh-huh. But it's you know God has placed it. It's done. It's a done work. You just have to receive it and believe it and begin to walk in it. And it may require that you dig up some old ground that's keeping you from moving forward. You know, um, David, I think about that verse in, uh, I think it's in is it Hebrews, that, that says um, that the only thing as believers we're to work at is resting. Yep. He says, there is a rest for the mm, people of God. Yes. And so really the, the work, not for righteous requirements and all that, but um, we have to, as you well said, yeah, we have to, and, and one of the scriptures talks about, you know, digging up the fallow ground, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so uh, Hebrews says that there is a rest for the people of God and that we're to therefore labor to enter into that rest. Yeah. Now, now think about this. Uh you know, I, when you and I are talking about this, it's like we feel like we're preaching to the choir, you know, uh, and and it's so 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 good and so so challenging. But okay, so uh, change it comes by the grace of God. You know, His ability is effortless. Grace is effortless change. Now think about it. However, you change is the way you keep the change. Yeah. If you strive to change, you will strive to keep the change. To keep it. Okay? 
All right, so Hebrews says that we are to labor to enter into that place of rest. In other words, we're to labor to enter into that place where we know in our heart, we're absolutely 100% convinced, David, that it's done. It's, it's a done deal. I have it. I have it. Yeah, it belongs to yep. me. Yep. Not someday, not yep. out there somewhere. And so really the, the, the only thing that as, as a believer that we are to work at is resting, changing beliefs. Like I said, uh, grace is or brings forth effortless change. Now think about it. But changing your beliefs is not effortless. That's right. It takes work, like takes, you said. It takes work. I, I, I want to say this, and, uh, and, and most people know my story, Al, in terms of my, my physical problems and why we were separated for five plus years and me not coming down here. And, I, and when, when the invitation came for me to come here, uh, and we had not seen Al and Janice, it's probably been six, seven years. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, as, too, that's too long. And that's too long. And, and so my intent you know, was to come. But until I I put actions to the intent, uh-huh. I wouldn't get here. Uh-huh. So I had to get up and do something about yeah. it. As a matter of fact, you, you often say that, you know, if you find yourself short in an area, then do something about it. Right? Mm-hmm. You got to do something about it. Yeah, you, gotta, you know, you, you, and that is a perfect example of what we're talking about. You didn't sit around, whine and moan and groan how bad you got it. I mean, there's times I'm sure I would have at some point, but I'm talking about this coming down for a visit. It would have been easier yeah. to stay home. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Bless their hearts. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, but he got up and did something about it. Yep. All right, so uh, key number one, decide. decide. Yep. Enough is enough. Mm. Enough is enough. Mm. You know, my path to grace and peace came this way because, you know, David, I remember uh, we're pastoring in Lamar County Mm -hmm. and uh, here in Alabama. And at that point, it was just me as far as staff. I mean, of course, Janice, but, uh, you know, she she, uh, worked outside the ministry uh, for, for as a paycheck, you know. And so I remember I was in my office, and I could talk about this for two days, but, but I was in my office, and I, I'm, I'm sitting there, and, and I was reading Matthew 11 when it says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And I can remember just saying it out loud, just like it was a few days ago. Lord, that's not the way ministry is to me. <laughs> Been there, done that one too. David, I was sick, <laughs> yes. depressed, Broke, yes, and didn't like people, yeah, <laughs> and as a pastor, yes, <laughs> and so, uh, and, and I remember that was that was a, a a a turning point for me. That it was a turning point that I said something is not right. You know, I didn't blame the devil, I didn't blame God, I didn't blame you know people who had been my mentors in the past. You know, I had to look myself in the mirror and say, you know what? I found my problem. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's me. It's me. It's, it's me. me. Yes. And, and that was the beginning. But deciding enough is enough. You know, it is so easy, so easy to grow used to being where you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you yes, know how to function there. Yes. 
you know? Yep. And I, I remember uh, years ago, this has been probably 25 years ago, uh, there there was a, a man in our church, this is back in Florida, and um, a business guy that a, a childhood friend he grew up with had got in trouble, got put in jail and, and in prison, and and it was coming time for him to possibly be paroled. Mm-hmm. Well, he he got him paroled to to uh, uh, Florida, and and uh, I'll never forget some of the things that, that transpired and took place in that. But um, I'll never forget one of the first first time I met him in person. I talked to him on the phone and when he was in prison mm-hmm. and, and wrote him and that type of thing. But David, I'll never forget what he said when the first time I met him. He said, "My biggest fear is I don't know how to function out here." Right. He said, "I have been in prison so long. He'd been yeah. in prison so long. He did not know that the the dimmer switch." For the headlights on an automobile mm. had been moved to the blinker. My God, my goodness! Remember how you used to be the floor? Yeah. Yes, yes, that's right. And 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 when I went over to, to this guy's in our church, a business guy to his house, and, and this guy was there, and and uh, he had a cordless phone in his hand—not mm-hmm. a cell phone, but a cordless phone. He said, "I didn't know this. You can walk all over the house and talk on this." He had been in prison so long, he did not know mm. there was a cordless phone. Mm. He said, look, don't have a wire on it. And he said, Pastor, my biggest fear is I don't know how to function out here. And uh, I know how to function in prison. Yes. Because I've been there so long. Yes. I know how. Yep. Out here, I don't know. And my biggest fear is because I don't know how to function, I'll end up back in prison. Well, guess where he's at? Back, Back in, in prison. prison. Back in prison. Okay. And and so seldom, you know, folks, does anything change until you get tired of being where you are. Until you get tired of it, it's not gonna change. Now let's let's think, you know, for a moment, and, and we're gonna have to move on pretty quick here to and get to the next one then. But I want I wanna touch touch on this. We'll come back and probably talk some more about it. Y'all remember the story? I know you do, David. That that uh, about you know Jacob and Esau and the and the soup and 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 you know Esau was the firstborn. Yes. And and, and in that culture, if you I'm just by a minute or so, uh, if you were the firstborn, you got the inheritance. Yes. I don't understand all that, but you know you got the inheritance. So. Esau goes off hunting one day, comes back, and Jacob had fixed soup. And uh, I know I'm not telling you anything you, you, you're not well aware of, but so Esau comes back from his hunting trip, and man, he was starving. How <laughs> hot, me and my grandkids, and particularly the boys. Uh, and give me some of that soup. <laughs> give me in my soup. Give me some of that soup. What will you give me for some of that soup? Mm. And he, anyway, so they started negotiating. Mm. And finally, now this is crazy, mm. baby. Finally, Esau was so hungry and must have been real confused that he was willing to give up his birthright to take over the 
kingdom, so to speak, for Bolson. Mm. So he eats the soup. And then they get they got to get a plan to trick their dad, you know, Isaac. So the Bible says that Jacob was a very hairy guy. So they take some animal hair and put on his arms, and, and Isaac was about <laughs> about blind, you know, anyway. Yes, yes. And so they, they, they took uh, Jacob to his father, and Jacob was like, Father, give me my blessing. I'm ready mm-hmm. for it. He's like, what, what? Isaac's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yes. You feel like him? You kind of smell like him, but you don't sound like him. Right. And so the story goes on, and he confers the blessing on him. Okay? All right, so as they walked this thing out, Esau got to thinking about what he'd done. And that was an expensive bowl of soup. Yes, yeah, very expensive <laughs> to many people, not just him, but to many others. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Janice, my wife, fixes great soup. Mm. I mean, great. And we had some just other night. Oh, it was delicious, <laughs> yes. But I don't think it's good enough to give up my birthright. No, no, don't think so. <laughs> so all right, so anyway, so and the story goes on. And and uh, comes down to the place where Esau's like, he's realizing what he did, and and David he goes back to his dad again and says, Dad. And by this time Isaac knows what's happened. Okay. Yes. And uh, so he goes back to his dad. Mm. Don't you have at least one blessing yeah. you can confer on me? Yeah. And he said, Don't have it. It's gone. Now, listen to this verse of Scripture. In Genesis 27, verse 40, this is from the Amplified Bible, this is Isaac's response to Esau and his desire to get out from under the bondage of serving Jacob. Okay? And so Isaac says in Genesis 27, 40, by your sword you shall uh, live and serve your brother. Mm. And really what Isaac was saying, David, was, and there ain't nothing I can do about it. Now listen to this. But the time shall come when you will grow restive. Mm, yes. And we don't, we don't use that word. I don't use that word. But that word restive actually means when you refuse to go forward, the time will come. You'll be so fed up with this. And so that's one of the keys to change limiting beliefs is getting tired of being where you are. You know, just, just sick of it. I don't want to do it anymore. Sick and tired, mm. of, being, sick and tired of being sick and tired, you know? Mm. And so mm. the time shall come when you will grow restive. You will refuse to go forward. And when that happens, you're going to break loose. And you will tear that's his... True. Yeah. Yes. You will tear his yes. yoke from, from off your neck. You got yep. something you want to say about that? No, the, the only thing that... And, and, and I'll just say this. The, you know what? If we do not change... If we and the provisions have already been made mm-hmm. through the cross, you know we will eat the fruit of our own crooked heart. Yeah, you know, and and King Ahaz 
you know, did that. You know, God, uh, uh, Isaiah spoke to him and says, if you continue to separate yourself from the, what God has already provided from you, uh-huh. you'll eat the fruit of your own character. Uh-huh. And that character wasn't very good because King Ahab, as you recall, was very evil. Uh-huh. And so we don't want to eat the fruit of our own character, but we want to eat his fruit. Yeah. You know, and, and you mentioned Matthew, you know, we have to be willing, if we want his yoke, him to lead us and guide us, we have to be willing to submit to him yeah. in his way of thinking. And, and that's kind of what I want to add to that comment. And, you know, and so, uh, and it's so true, so, so incredibly true. All right, so Isaac says, when you get to the place where you can't take it anymore, that's what the message of the Bible says, when you can't take it anymore, mm. The New Living says, when you decide to break free. One other translation, I can't remember if it's which one it is, and it doesn't really matter, but one other translation says, when you get to the place, and I'm paraphrasing some of this, that you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Been there, done that drill. Oh, boy, ain't we? You'll be free. Amen. Now think about this, and we'll wind it up here. Um, remember the lepers, the four lepers that sit outside the gate, yep. you know? Yep. And they're sitting around, they're starving to death, their skin's, you know, rotting off, and 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 one of them in, in Second King says, Why sit we here until we die? If we stay here, we're gonna die. If we go into the city, they're probably gonna kill us. At least it'll speed up the yeah, process. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> true. Misery lights company. Yes. All right. So they said, why sit we here until we die? If we, if we stay here, we're going to starve death. If we go into the city, they may kill us, but they might not. So they make a plan, go into the city. Come on. And then God caused uh, the sound of a great army to surround. You know all those people. I mean, you know, if you had leprosy in, in that day, man, you you couldn't get around people. You, Nowhere. You were you were uh, put away from your family, yes. and you know, just think about you know living for years and years and years and years and years, nobody hugging you. No intimacy. Hmm. Sad place to be. And, and so um, they go in. God caused the sound of a mighty army to surround those people. And they ran scared, and they walked right in. Mm-hmm. That's right. And had all they wanted. All right, now, the time comes for all of us that, and it has to, David, if we're going to change limiting beliefs, the time has to come where we say enough is enough. And maybe today, that's, today is that day for you. Mm. You know? Maybe that day mm, is today for you. Amen, amen. When, when God's help is there for you, and and he, he's always ready. Always. Always. Yes. Willing and, and ready. But here, here's the key. Grace, his ability, is not and cannot be activated until we make a decision. And, and one last verse, Job twenty two twenty eight is a, is a verse of scripture that my family, and particularly Janice and I, and then we passed it on to our kids, and 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 I know it's going to be passed on to our grandkids. It's like a mainstay scripture for us, uh, David. 
And Job 22, 28, the Amplified, it says, you shall decide and decree a thing. And that word decree means it's an uh, uh, authoritative order. Mm. You shall decide and decree a thing. Now, now think about this. You decide. Not somebody else. You decide. And maybe today's that day. You decide. Enough is enough. I'm tired of this. I'm not, li- not going to live this way. You know, I'm, I'm not going to live in bondage like this. But Job 22, 28 says, you shall decide and decree a thing. And I love this next part. It says, it shall be established for you. Yep. Not by you, for you, but for you. And I love the last part of that verse. It says, and the light of God's favor mm. will shine on your ways. I like to define, there's a whole lot of ways to define favor, but I like to define it like this. Unseen advantage. You shall decide and decree a thing. What, what life do you want? Mm-hmm. You know, not, not what do you intend, but what do you want? Yeah. You shall decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you, not by you, and the light of God's unseen advantage will shine on your ways. All right, so first key Decide enough is enough. We're going to come back, share some more on this in the next podcast, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Amen. It's been great, hasn't it? I'm preaching myself happy. I might have to get one of my grandsons. Well, you are very happy right now. (laughs) I might have have to get one of my grandsons to run for me. (laughs) I don't think I can run myself. Run and not be weary. (laughs) Anyway, God bless you. Uh, May I tell you, we're so excited to be able to share uh, some help with you and and help you experience the very life that Jesus came to give you. Amen.